0: I'm Yasmin Gagne.
1: I'm Josh Christensen.
0: And this is Most Innovative Companies. On today's episode, Fast Company senior staff editor, Jeff Beer.
2: Best line from an ad I've heard in a long time, Patrick Stewart with his gravitas. And his accent just says, throw the child.
0: Senior writer Liz Segrin.
3: There are also lots of people who are so committed to Stanley that they're sort of like fighting back and saying like, I don't care if there's lead in this. And as always, keeping tabs.
1: But then you have a brand like Joe Rogan who most regular advertisers don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole.
0: But first, here's the download. The news you need to know this week in the world of business and
1: innovation. The Apple Pro finally hit the market this past Friday. Yes, did you get your Apple Vision Pro yet? Uh yeah, and it's sick. I'm sure it is. I'm sure you coughed up that 30 five hundred dollars for the apple vision pro i I mean obviously we've talked about the apple vision pro a lot on this show so listeners know like quite a bit about it at this point that it's took a long time to develop that it it weighs a pound and a half that it's thirty five hundred dollars but now you can buy it for yourself listeners if you want to cough up that money or you can just watch people on tiktok use it losers (laughs) I mean, it's not the coolest looking thing in the world. I just think of the guy coming out of the cyber truck looking like he's, I don't even know what he's doing. (laughs) What is he possibly doing? That has to be a bit out of this point, but that is just like, that's the worst person on your X feed come to life, that guy right there. A hundred percent.
0: Now, it's about to get a lot harder for us normal folk. We won't be able to share our streaming service logins anymore. No I know, man. Starting March 14th, Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus will start adding limitations to sharing your account outside your household. This is the same change that Netflix made last year, and while it pissed off some customers, like me, and me, it did net the millions of additional customers globally. Disney is likely hoping for the same outcome,
1: and I hate it. Oh god, yeah, well. Just bleed me dry. <laughs> bleed me dry, Disney. Take, Open my vein and let this out so I can watch <laughs> the next season of High School, the musical, the musical, the series, the musical. Next story. <laughs> Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont announced plans to cancel medical debt for roughly 250,000 residents starting this June. This plan is the first of its kind on the state level and would cancel roughly $1 billion in debt for households up to 400% of the poverty line with debt that is 5% or more of their income, which is pretty incredible.
0: That is incredible. If anybody wants to privately pay for my medical debt, that would also be cool.
1: Slide into those DMS at Yazzie G on Instagram.
0: The Dow and S&P closed at record highs last week due to a strong jobs report and blockbuster quarterly earnings from Amazon and Meta. This could signal a turning point for big techs after huge layoffs in the sector this past year. But
1: we'll have to wait and see. I'm not holding my breath. And maybe that's just the nihilist in me. Our final story, Republican Senator Tom Cotton is receiving backlash for repeatedly asking TikTok CEO Sho Chu about his relationship to China. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party?
2: Senator, I'm Singaporean. No.
1: That is one of multiple times that he asked Cotton about his affiliation with China, despite him repeatedly telling the senator he was from Singapore. This was part of a Senate Judiciary hearing to discuss the risks children face online, which clearly Tom Cotton did not get to the bottom of.
0: (laughs) And that's the news you need to know
1: today. Josh,
0: what is your favorite Super Bowl snack?
1: Oh man, I love dips just in general. If I can dip something into big something dips else, guy. I'm a big dips guy. <laughs> <I> love sauce, <laughs> so I love like us like a seven layer taco dip or just a standard guacamole. But then just like something's really satisfying about just a French onion dip, like the Lipton's mm-hmm. like French onion dip sort of thing yeah. with the wavy lays. Man. Ah, oh, I love a French onion You're dip. You're so white. It's very basic, I'm sure. Oh, well, what about you? What's your favorite, <laughs> favorite death? <dip>? Foie gras.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm a foie gras, bitch. No, <laughs> I, uh, caviar, caviar. So I don't really have a big Super Bowl snack of choice. That said, I just acquired a Vitamix on sale. And I can't shut up about it, which is so embarrassing and means I'm definitely 30 years old. Yeah. (laughs) I'm planning on using my Vitamix, which you can make hot soup in a Vitamix, which is crazy.
1: You can also just make hot soup in a pot. (laughs) There's so many other ways to make hot soup. Josh,
0: it won't be as creamy anyway. (laughs) Um, We'll go into this in the episode. My husband conned me into hosting a Super Bowl party at our apartment this coming weekend. And I have this plan to make these like popsicles that are actually healthy, like make like smoothies, protein powder, or whatever, and freeze them into fun popsicle shapes and like con a bunch of guys into eating them.
1: So I suppose that's my Super Bowl (laughs) snack of choice. (laughs) It's Smoothie popsicles. That's so lame. (laughs) Shut up. Anyway, (laughs) as we
0: alluded to, the Super Bowl is set to kick off this Sunday and we want to talk about some of the ads we're already seeing. So we've invited one of our favorite MIC guests back onto the show to chat about what he thinks. Here's Fast Company senior staff editor and Apple of Josh's eye, Jeff Beer. (laughs) Hey, Jeff.
2: Hey, yes.
0: So I want to hear all about which ones you think are the best and worst so far. But
2: first... What are some of the major trends you're seeing in Super Bowl advertisements this year? I mean, trends in in advertising for the Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, the the most obvious is like tons of money, lots of production values, and also like talking about them a month before the game, the whole teaser, trailers for the teasers, all that kind of thing. There's animals, of course. So far we have Hellman's with uh, Mayo Cat and Kate McKinnon, but Mayo Cat's great. Uh, Bud has the has some horses and a dog again. Doesn't Duolingo have an ad? Uh, yes. I don't. I haven't watched that one yet. And but that's an owl. Yeah, you know, animals, cute <laughs> animals. They're everywhere. Uh, but celebrities is a huge one. Celebrities is obviously. I mean, that's every year. But like so far, I know uh, Uber Eats and their and Uber Eats ad alone has the Beckhams, uh, Jennifer Aniston, David Schwimmer, Usher, Jelly Roll. And lots more. Yeah, Pringles has Chris Pratt. Coors Light has Elle Cool J. Doritos has Jenna Ortega. T-Mobile has a weird combo of Jason Momoa, Zach Braff, and Donald Faison. <laughs> kind of Jason
1: Momoa with the Scrubs
2: guys. Oh I'll get God. into that after. Uh, People
0: really just do anything for money, huh? Oh uh,
2: yeah, there's a lot. TurboTax, Quinta Brunson, State Farm, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Quinta
0: shilling for TurboTax. Yeah. Oh
2: Quinta,
1: Quinta. Oh no. Former sponsor of fast company into it. I just have to say. <laughs> Oh, really?
2: That's okay. It's okay, guys. Uh, Taxes. I think you can do them for free anyway. Gen Z. I mean, Addison Rae was in a teaser for Nerds Candy, which has an ad for the first time ever. Ice Spice is uh, shilling for PepsiCo's uh, Starry Soda.
0: Pepsi is like an iconic Super Bowl one.
2: Yes. They had this halftime show for many, many years.
1: And they've had some of the best and notably worst ads in the history of the Super Bowl. Agreed. And
2: uh, this year, in terms of like the business of Super Bowl ads, another sort of trend is uh, there's a lot of candy, kind of like there's more candy than usual, I guess. Uh, M&M's, Lint Chocolate's there for the first time. Nerds is there for the first time. Drumstick, Reese's, and Oreo. Are among them?
1: nerds have enough money to compete and with these guys? How can it possibly be worth it
2: for nerds to spend that <laughs> money? Clearly you guys this didn't grow like up me. pouring those down your throat.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I love a nerd. I love nerds. I don't need to be sold nerds.
0: <laughs> this is nerds like, is for the former RAs of the world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I live. I wake up, rise and grind in nerds. That's my <laughs> day. Rise, grind in
2: nerds. That sounds like a T-shirt, <laughs> yeah. Josh. That does. I'm gonna make that new merch. New merch for the show. Absolutely. Uh, and then there's also less car ads, specifically uh, North America car ads. There's no Ford or General Motors this year. Really? So I yeah, Ford, yeah.
0: I thought Ford had something to do with Detroit. They had like a.
2: That was for the playoffs. That was when Detroit, the Lions, the Lions went out and they had a kind of a, a an amazing amazing tribute ad uh, to Detroit and the Lions. Everyone should check that out. It's actually really good. But I, as far as I know, in terms of ad bookings, they're not in the Super Bowl. Yeah. No Lions, no Ford.
0: Here's the thing. I played myself in the biggest way yesterday, which was I thought my husband was a little bit upset at me, and he took advantage of that moment to convince me to host a Super Bowl party at our apartment.
2: <laughs> I mean, just... He's quick on his feet.
0: I know. I know. There's That's a reason a, I married him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's always outwitting me. Anyway... <laughs> The thing I'm asking you is, during the ad break and during the game, you need to give me one sentence I can say to sound like I really know my shit. You know, I'll just like say it on cue.
2: Like about the ads, like, hey, a little known fact here, like that kind of thing. Oh, that's a good one. Man, let me think here. Hmm. Oh, I know. Okay. So, Mayo Cat, Hellman's, Mayo Cat. I would point anyone to go check out, be like, you know what? This is kind of a ripoff of uh, Super Troopers, uh, the meow scene in uh, Super Troopers, which is an amazingly funny movie. Uh, But you have to go watch the scene before you say this at a party. Uh, Watch the whole movie, by the way. It's great. The the play between Mayo and Meow reminded me immediately of this amazing scene where the two cops challenge each other to say Meow ten times uh, while pulling over a driver, and the driver is actually Jim Gaffigan, uh, played by Jim Gaffigan in the movie, but. Uh, I would point I people like, to that.
0: Wow, this is a straight ripoff of
2: super trooper. Yes, that's uh that's a deep cut, I realize, but uh And I, you please know, make
1: sure you say super trooper and not super troopers. No the pluralized version, cause saying super trooper would just make it so delicious. This is just a ripoff of
2: super trooper. Someone's like, not the movie. That's not it. No, nope, that's not the one. Still not, not it. Not it. Uh,
0: Mayo cat is like barely on screen, and I'm like, wow, this is a ring. Real-
2: <laughs>
1: meow, everybody.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right, meow. <laughs> I'll,
1: be, I'll be ready. I'll be Are ready. Are you saying meow? Or- <laughs> Jim Gaffigan plays a wonderful like, straight man in that sort of thing. It's just like, yeah, it's it's a good scene. If you want something to say during the game itself. Yeah, just I'll be gonna like,
0: s- wow, I don't care about Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I care <laughs> about Pat Mahomes, who's the other
1: player I know on that
2: team. <laughs> also sponsored by State Farm and Coach Andy Reid. Also sponsored by State Farm. Oh, yeah.
1: Actually, forget about the ads. We need to just talk exclusively about the Deep State psyops campaign uh, that Litsky brought up last <laughs> episode. brought up that's really caught fire since we talked to him. That blew up after I we talked to him. I notice it everywhere now. I know it's it's everywhere. It's
2: that meeting in the Pentagon, you mean the me- the meeting in the Pentagon? Is and that what we're has talking about? five
1: sides? The Pentagon.
2: For our listeners
0: set? who didn't make it to the end of the last episode, we're Shame obviously talking about the fact
1: that the NFL is all staged by the U.S. government. I do have to say, just as executive producer of this program, that this does not represent the views of Fast Company
2: uh, or any of its subsidiaries. Nor is it technically a fact. Nor (laughs) is it a fact
1: in in any way. (laughs) Well, my name is Yaz and I endorse
0: my own message. Um, I actually wanted to talk to you about the FanDuel ad, Mm. FanDuel kick of destiny. Tell me what the... Deal is with that because it seems like it's kind of a sequel to an ad last year.
2: Yes, it is not kind of a sequel. It is exactly a sequel. I mean, I wrote Guess about this as an idea. I'm going to bring up at my Super Bowl party. I wrote about this as an idea. I think as an idea, <laughs> this is perfect, and I'll tell you why. What it is, is last year, FanDuel and Wyden Kennedy, their agency, decided to do, because FanDuel is obviously sports betting and and, and that kind of thing, they wanted to show the kind of fun you can have within a game, the game within the game, which is betting on little things here and there, little outcomes. So their ad itself uh, took that to heart and they got uh, Rob Gronkowski, uh, who was not a kicker retired NFL legend to challenge himself to kick a field goal live they did a live broadcast ad during the Super Bowl and he would kick a field goal and if he got it the people who signed up for FanDuel had a chance to share 10 million dollars in like prizes and money and uh, betting like FanDuel money and so that was the big thing was he gonna make it is he gonna make it well just like live sports anything can happen he missed so That sets up, obviously, a sequel. Yeah. He's got to do it again. He wants to do it again. Ron's showing
0: up again after losing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Side note, last year, his trainer was legendary NFL kicker Adam Vinatieri. This year, in that teaser ad campaign, his trainer is the now late Carl Weathers who famously trained Rocky in all the movies but he's in the teasers Carl Weathers is in the teasers uh, Carl uh, Weathers uh, is uh, amazing um
1: actually he didn't train Rocky in all the movies Not he trained movies. Rocky okay. in right, the right. third he fought, movie um,
2: Look, Josh, what I'm talking about is the beach running scene, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Okay, okay,
0: okay, fair. One of the best cameos of all time on Arrested Development. Oh, it's so good. He played a very cheap man. He got some carrots.
2: He got some
1: potatoes. Right? It was like himself? Yeah. He played himself and he was Tobias's acting teacher and was just a cheapskate. It's one of the greatest cameo appearances of all time. It's terrific.
2: Rob Rokowski is back. Mm-hmm. and he's going to try it again. And they're going to do it again. And this time, the FanDuel people, you can bet, make or miss. And John Cena's in there as like a foil, like he was going to get the ad, and then Rob then Gronk busts in and says, I want to do it again. And John Cena's fired, basically. My point is... I think it's a great idea because no matter what happens, they can just keep rolling with this. They can, like, bring in new celebrities. It's live. It's like you don't know what's going to happen, and it's totally different. So that's what's happening with this, and I think if they play it right, you could basically have Kick of Destiny 12, like... Gronk's oh, no, going to no, no, be no. like
0: 90. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: still. Gonna be- well, then you could just replace them out. You could just get a new Gronk yeah. after time. You can hand off the mantle and stuff like that. You totally. can keep this going forever for as long as the Earth exists, which may only be a few more years. Yeah. So there's another
0: another sweepstakes (laughs) going on, right? DoorDash is doing something.
2: Yes, DoorDash. This is another one where I think is quite interesting, where like speaking of trends. So for many years, we've had both teasers and ads and still do. And some of them are great. Some of them are terrible, but they they reference the Super Bowl. Like the commercial takes place with people watching a game with like sort of whatever jerseys on or the teasers are like, you're going to see this in the big game, blah, blah, blah. FanDuel took it a little step further, using the Super Bowl as a vehicle for for something fun. DoorDash is doing a similar thing in terms of using the game. They don't even have they have the teasers and trailers out, but their whole idea is, as a viewer, you have a chance, and a DoorDash user, you have a chance to. How what they call win the Super Bowl, which is they had to team with every single advertiser in the Super Bowl to be able to DoorDash something some crazy bits from every single advertiser. So you'll that's actually get,
1: really cool. That's a great idea. And they, because
2: their slogan is "You can DoorDash pretty much anything," that's basically yeah. their 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 slogan. So they've tied that in and. Coincidentally, is that
0: countrywide or is it just like based yeah. on your zip code, you might get like mayonnaise?
2: No, you get everything. Like if you win, you get everything. Like a, a, they're trying to figure out how to do it with the cars and all that. But and, and coincidentally enough, same agency as FanDuel, Widen and Kennedy is, has done this one as well. So they're really looking into how to use not just the game in terms of a reference within the ad, which is which is fun. That can be, you know, that's fun. But using our attention and the, the, the actual experience of watching the game, being involved and actively participating in that brand activation, which I think is really interesting, and. Potentially, I mean, disastrous if it becomes a trend and like so many brands try to do it at the same time. Oh, yeah. But like, and if it doesn't quite fit or whatever. But as of right now, I think it's really, it's a really exciting kind of space because this is one of the last, you know, truly collective experiences where brands are are present and people are paying attention and and, and they're ready to kind of have some fun.
0: And it seems like um, there's sort of this trend of people being self-referential, right? Like everybody sort of understands that they are in a Super Bowl ad.
2: Yeah, for sure. The the best one, actually, there's a lot of these. I mean, the Coors Light one just came out the other day and, you know, uh, uh, a boyfriend shows up at a house wearing the wrong jersey and the the Coors Light train, driven, of course, by El Cool J, crashes through the... Through the the wall, it's a whole thing. But one of the best ones is BMW had a teaser, which was like maybe 10 seconds long uh, last week where Christopher Walken is like kind of walking in a hallway and obviously gets a call from, I don't know, his agent or somebody, but he's kind of like old guying it like, huh, what? You mean an ad for an ad? What is this? And then that's the end. And it's just the BMW logo. I don't know what the ad is yet. Maybe it'll be out by the time people listen to this. But that kind of just, oh, we're doing a Super Bowl ad just get ready for it. Like they're kind of tying into the cultural moment, really hyping it up as a cultural moment within the advertising itself, which I get it. It's cool. I think it's interesting if it's done right. Yeah, BMW is definitely one example that uh, that did it right.
0: Tell me about the sort of the the Miller Lite ad, because from what I understand, <laughs> it kind of turns people into ads for the company.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's a funny one too, because this is like uh, one part about using the game in the cultural moment. I don't think you can say Super Bowl technically if you're not an actual advertiser, I don't know who the lawyers on that are. But anyway, they got to say big game. But there's a lot of brands that are using just the the media moment around the Super Bowl. And I, Miller Lite is one of them in this case because they don't have an official ad during the Super Bowl. But they rolled out this. I mean, it's not really a teaser because they don't have an official ad, but they rolled out an ad when all the teasers are coming out. and People are kind of paying attention to this stuff. They rolled out an ad with Rob Riggle running with a whole bunch of people wearing Miller Lite t-shirts. And essentially, the brand, from what I understand, the brand is giving out T-shirts to people who want to wear them to Super Bowl parties or out on the street or to bars or wherever. And there's QR codes on the T-shirts. So they're technically making people their Super Bowl ads. So if you're at a bar or at a Super Bowl party or whatever and someone's wearing one of these shirts, you scan it and you get free beer money. I mean, free oh, beer money that's is not crazy. a bad deal. Oh, I was gonna okay. say, what do
0: they get from scanning it? Yeah. Like, why exactly. would you
2: wear that shirt?
0: Okay, that makes yeah. sense.
2: Not just high fives, free beer. I mean, that's all they really need to say. Let's yeah. talk about the,
0: the bad ones. Take us through the ones that you think have been total bust so far.
2: Okay. Well, my worst ads. Uh, my my only caveat is I don't really go with and actually say the what the worst ads are. Those are kind of obvious uh, when you see them. I'll just shout one out which is Skechers just just awful. But anyway, the, <laughs> but what I, the ones I focus on is like the most disappointing. Like when I think of when I think of worst, I think of like what is like a huge brand with a lot of brand equity of like where we expect god like a nice big ad and a, and I was really disappointed with Budweiser's frankly. I was thinking about this because I was writing about it, but I was forced to think about it. I was thinking about it like why it has the horses. It's got a great soundtrack, you know, the weight by the band. It's got a dog. I mean, it's got all, it's all got, these it's elements. It's got a dog. Right? It's got the band. <laughs> But like a lot of similar elements <laughs> of their past, like very uh, successful ads, right? But all those successful ads in the past when it had to do with the horses, there's one with a donkey, which is great from years ago, and a lost puppy. All of those ones that focused on the animals, but also had the uh, the Clydesdales and all that. They also had humans in them. But the focus of the story was the animals, whoever the star animal was, their journey. And in this spot, I think for me, what doesn't work is It's from the human's perspective and the animals are just kind of like it feels a very paint by numbers like, oh, we got this check. We got this check. Everyone's going to get super emotional watching this. And I know know it's
0: going to work on me, but I still don't like it.
2: I don't think so. You're not going to sympathize with the delivery driver. I just don't think you are.
1: I don't know, man. I'll I'll cry at pretty much anything. <laughs> don't tell me what I can sympathize
2: with.
0: They also, so there was one <laughs> with Ted Lasso. I hate Ted Lasso. Sorry. And I love Brett Goldstein. Such a hard take. <laughs> I would date him, but I don't, I find Ted Lasso just like oh. so dire. Okay. But Ted Lasso's in it with Lionel Messi. And you're telling no. me it's bad. No.
2: Yes and no. Jason Sudeikis, star of Ted Lasso, is in this ad. You've got a giant beer brand, Michelob Ultra. Mm -hmm. You got the greatest soccer player on earth, Lionel Messi. You got Jason Sudeikis, who played arguably Yaz's opinion, notwithstanding one of the most popular shows of the last few years. One of the most popular shows, objectively. You're also
1: just wrong. You're just wrong. You're that's wrong true. at this.
2: He's in the ad. The show has ended. We're not getting any more Ted Lasso. Celebrate, yet. officially Yaz. ended? Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> why don't you tap into that? It's important to point out that Messi is, like, famously just an amazing soccer player. The most boring advertising presence in the entire he also, universe.
0: He looks like a guy you would just, like, meet at a bar.
2: Yeah, which, has always which is fine, which is great. You know totally
0: fine, totally fine.
2: I don't expect amazing athletes to be great at everything and be amazing actors or whatever. So this is why my, my disappointment comes. It's like you've got, all, he says, yes, he's in your ad. Oh my God, amazing. You've got a comedic genius in Jason Sudeikis right there. The characters in Ted Lasso, even if they weren't playing their characters, like Josh, since you do like the show, like yeah. Coach Beard standing at the bar with Jason Sudeikis and they could be having a conversation around Messi and it could be hilarious. Nothing. It's just this very, like, Mentos ad style. Oh, Messi, oh, the, the beer tap broke. Oh, what are they going to do while they change the keg? Messi uh, dribbles through a whole beach full of soccer oh. players and and then scores as soon as they're like, hey, your beer's ready. Like That's lame. It's the Mentos commercial of beer ads. That's what I'll say.
1: That's so lame. And is Jason Sudeikis playing his Ted Lasso persona? No. Or is he no. just
2: there? He's just standing there. What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? I was just thinking of not trends. This isn't really a trend because it's you need more than two, maybe. But the trailer for the Nerds ad with Addison Ray—it's like a flash dance. There's, there's a no, not flash mob. The, the, but movie, the movie, flash, flash dance. dance. Oh, literally Do nerds dance. come down in the honestly, dance moment. Josh, I never thought of it. That's exactly what's going to happen. I bet. So the song, what a feeling, right? Yeah. It, it's in that. It's in that. It's in that trailer. Now go to T-Mobile, which honestly. I love Scrubs. But Zach Braff and Donald Faison, last year with John Travolta, like weird musical T-Mobile ad, I thought that was one of the worst. Not but good. They're back. This they're is, back is with another. Ageist?
0: They just look so old compared to Scrubs. They so look so really they you old. see them, it's like, oh, but why are you two up to hijinks Here's It's not nice. They're suburban.
1: <laughs> here's the that question kids? that I have, though. About does, TV service. Does Scrubs still have the cultural cachet to really pull this off? Like Ted Lasso, yes. Cultural cachet still does it. Missed opportunity. Does reunite like I maybe they're older really, millennials. I guess so. I guess they're really hitting that sort of thing. Like they're I want TV when cable, it was happening. basically. So yeah, that's true. I guess it does do a specific amount of thing of like it really hits a certain type of elder millennial Gen Xer who knows all the words to "Guy Love" uh, yeah. <laughs> from the musical episode. It's a very specific reference.
2: Here's I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but here's the thing. <laughs> sure, Jeff. Sure. So, so, they, so they they sing what if well an adapt a T-Mobile uh, product description to the tune of Irene Cara. Yeah. Cara. Uh, yeah. What a feeling. That same song. What a feeling. They they do a what a feeling, and Jason Momoa is like there. He 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 basically replaces Travolta as the straight man, I guess, in there. Like the the they're singing to him about new cable service. It's to me. Just the get out of here. No, the pits. Okay,
0: let's talk about the good ones. Okay, yeah, let's switching There are two things that I know about Super Bowl ads that I enjoyed. One is Ben Affleck spot last year was funny. Made me like him so much more than I already did. He's back. And like, I feel like it really changed perception of him overall, along with the J-Lo wedding. And I forgot what my second one was. So
1: let's talk about <laughs> the good ones. Great, cool. Great audio. <laughs> well, just to
2: long pause... <laughs> and we're out. Just to touch on uh, uh, your point about Ben Affleck and Duncan. So that was Duncan's first ever Super Bowl ad last year. This week during the Grammys, a hilarious new ad, like really good. Like the persona he's taken on with these Duncan ads is like uh, half Casey Affleck's character in that SNL Duncan commercial from a number of years ago, which is amazing. If you have, if no one's seen it, and and then Ben Affleck himself. Uh, in the job interview scene in Goodwill Hunting, those are the those are like his. That's like his character in this. And I, after seeing that Grammys ad, I would be absolutely shocked and disappointed if Duncan doesn't have an ad in the Super Bowl because it had it even ended with a to be continued. I don't know, but anyway, he's back with that. Worth checking. I thought out. it
0: couldn't get better than Armageddon, but the,
2: he's the back. Best- The best Super Bowl ad so far for me is Paramount Plus, actually, which is funny because it's for sale. But it's directed by a guy named David Shane, who is a master of commercial comedy and short form comedy. I encourage anyone listening to just... Google Swear Jar, which is an old Bud Light ad, uh, mm. or HBO Go back in the day. There was a, there was a campaign where it was like, because you, you don't want to watch these shows with your parents, basically. It was kind of like teenage and like college-aged kids watching like Game of Thrones with their parents. It's one of the funniest campaigns I've ever seen. He did this spot with, has Patrick Stewart, <laughs> Jeff Probst, Drew Barrymore, Peppa the Pig, and more, more people, stuck on Paramount Mountain and the the way they need to get, they need to get a rope up on a cliff, and they have uh, Miami Dolphins quarterback. And I am absolutely gonna just to aloha. There you go. Thank you so much. He's there, and they have Arnold, the animated character who has a football shaped head. <laughs> hey, Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. they're all looking around, they're like, how are we going to do this? And Patrick Stewart just absolutely nails this. And best line from an ad I've heard in a long time, Patrick Stewart, with his gravitas and his accent, just says, throw the child. We throw the child. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> awesome. It's really funny. It's like a classic. It doesn't. It's not referencing the Super Bowl outside of having uh, the QB there, but... Tongue of Aloha. Tug of Aloha. Having... Tug of Aloha there is the only football reference in Arnold's head. But there's no no meta stuff going on here. It is just a really funny, weird collection of celebrities and an odd sense of humor that I just it's it's one of my favorites. So Paramount
0: Plus, what are the other couple that we're missing?
2: Well, I talked about earlier, the Hellman's, Mayo Cats, great, not only for Being funny in itself, but kind of unexpected from a Mayo brand. And they weren't actually that funny last year, even though they had John Hamm and Brie Larson. But that's a funny one. The award so far for most unexpectedly great Super Bowl ad is another first-time brand to the Super Bowl, uh, Kawasaki. They're trying to sell their uh, side-by-side, which is like the off-road kind of golf cart-looking vehicles. I don't know. Those are pretty awesome. I would drive a side-by-side in a moment. They're amazing. The dudes, these two normal kind of whatever dudes get in, and as soon as they turn the key, they grow like the most majestic mullets. (laughs) And then everything they drive by, every animal they drive by in the ad, I forget what the song is, but every every animal, everything they drive by, all of a sudden, just like the wind goes by when they drive by and they grow a mullet. So like, it's just like a mullet machine. And I think leaning into that just sort of fun redneck aspect of that culture is... Fun and kind of unexpected. What do you want from Kawasaki and uh, the Super Bowl? I don't know, but this it's is a
1: very self-aware a brand. And- Who I want there for <laughs> my Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Can I ask one question? Because I'm always fascinated by this, and it always goes up every single year. How much does a ad cost this year?
2: Seven million, about about seven million for a thirty second ad, according to yeah. Adage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's almost as much money as Argyle made this past weekend Ooh. when it came out. <laughs> Boom! <Fire. burn. laughs>
0: We're going to take a quick break, followed by my interview with Fast Company senior staff writer Liz Segrin about those Stanley Cups that are everywhere. Liz, you wrote about the kind of Stanley Cup craze. I have obviously, you know, as a person who is on social media, seen images of lines at Target. How did we get here?
3: You know, Americans have loved water bottles for over a century. We have this very strange attachment to water bottles. If you think about it, you know, Stanley, the brand that's currently in the news, was founded in 1913. And then in the 1950s, brands like Nalgene um, came to the market. These brands marketed themselves as sustainable, everyday accessories. And that marketing did really, really well. I am
0: curious, like in the 50s and 60s, were they already talking about sustainability?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, Stanley and Nalgene both targeted campers and uh, Boy Scouts. Um, and they were talking about how, you know, when people went out into the wilderness and went camping, there was this movement called Leave No Trace, which meant basically don't mm-hmm. leave any uh, remains, Trash. you know, when you go yeah. uh, camping. And so these bottles really position themselves as a way to be part of the environmental movement that was already bubbling up at the time. But the thing that really got the water bottle craze uh, to, to the place that it is today is that 10 years ago, Swell hit the market, as, as you probably remember. Yeah, I had a Swell bottle. And the founder of Swell, Sarah Kaus, realized that until that point, bottles had really been sort of targeted at male consumers. They were very functional pieces of equipment that were for for camping, for going to the gym. Nalgene has always come in pink though. Totally. The thing that drives
0: me nuts about Swell is that they're impossible to fucking clean. You can't put them in your
3: dishwasher. Totally. <laughs> they have a small opening at the top. They also don't keep your drink cold, which is nope. really annoying you when you're like in. You camping in the summer. In yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's really, but that said, when I was in college 20 years ago, my college bookstore had an overpriced pink Nalgene with our college name on it. And I really, really wanted that bottle. (laughs) Looking back, it was like purely like psychological. I think it's like, it was an accessory. It was an accessory that I could carry that suggested that I was eco-friendly and that branded me as part of my college. Right. Mm -hmm. So actually the psychology of the bottle has never really been about, you know, a vessel that contains water. It's always been about other things. Sarah Kaus realized that she could turn it through Swell into a fashion accessory. And so she came up with this idea of a beautiful bottle that came in all these feminine colors and designs. And she pitched it to women's magazines like Vogue and like, oh, Oprah's Magazine. Mm -hmm. And that's when it became very clear that women should be the target market for water bottles. Her brand exploded. In six years, she was making $100 million in revenue, and it kept growing after that. And so since well, I think every single water bottle brand has realized that the way to win is to target women to create feminine colors and to really be partnering with female influencers. And actually, Stanley was very late to do this,
0: yeah, Hydro Flask was the Visco Girl beverage vessel of choice.
3: Totally. And other brands that have hit the market since, like Owala, which is my new bottle of mm-hmm. choice, I have one right here, came up with these feminine colors from the get go. But um, Stanley was not doing that. It basically took three women who were uh, in Utah and California and, and launched a blog called The Buy Guide to basically compel them to, t- to start taking female consumers seriously. And finally, when the brand realized that they were right, the brand exploded. I mean, it went from seventy three million in revenue in 2019 to seven hundred and fifty million last year, which is just bananas. How did these like women bloggers in Utah persuade the brand? It was fascinating. They really liked the product, um, and they communicated that to their readers who, who loved it. And so they, over time, asked to reach out to executives at Stanley, mainly so that they could, you know, do a deal where they could get, you know, a certain amount of inventory that then they could sell. But they were really trying to convince them that they needed to market to women. And it, it really sort of fell on deaf ears until Terrence Riley became the CEO three years ago. And he, if you recall, was the marketing genius behind Crocs. And so when Terrence Riley came on board, he was like, wait a second, why are we not doing exactly what you're saying? Why are we not reaching out to female influencers? And so basically, as soon as he came on board and realized that these women had been trying to make this argument, he immediately said, yes, you're right. And that's when things really started taking off.
0: Are you familiar with water talk on TikTok?
3: Yeah, which is like basically like, how creatively can you drink, you know, 15 gallons of water every day?
0: Like, (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like water's fine, guys. I don't think this needed more innovation, but it didn't sure. need to be disrupted. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes you watch it and you're like, "That's a lot of sugar." <laughs> like it's like soda at that point. Yeah, right? just drink a soda. But the the thing that I have discovered through Water Talk is that Stanley has a lot of let's say gibbet like accessories to go with it, right? Oh, I didn't know that. So yeah, so like Stanley now has like these. Trays that you can add on to your cup to put snacks inside of it so you can kind oh of turn gosh. it into like you know your beverage and snack
3: moment all in one. Actually, you know, that's kind of brilliant. Like, I would maybe buy that,
0: <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. I mean, to me, it felt like not enough room for snacks. I was like, the beverage to snack proportion is off, but well, but that's partly because the tumbler
3: is so enormous, right? Like, it's yeah, it that's what it's mean.
0: whole- <laughs> like. But I do think the company has pursued an interesting strategy of not only acquiring new customers, but like building a lifestyle around it, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, and also doing what Crocs did, which is to drop new colors Mm -hmm. and new designs on the regular. And, you know, consumers have been like way into this. You know, there are all these women, water talk ladies, let's call them, who um, have every single color. And there's like, you know, dozens of them.
0: (laughs) It's like Beanie Babies, but it's a, a beverage thing.
3: Well, and, and my argument in my story is that over the last decade, we've learned about how terrible the fashion industry is and how polluting it is. And there's so much stuff on social media about how fast fashion is so bad. These bottles, on the other hand have been marketed as eco-friendly and since you know the swell phenomenon they've also been marketed as a fashion accessory so i think that in some way it's been a way for people to get that dopamine hit of you know a new product without getting the overwhelming guilt of (laughs) of being responsible for killing the planet so i think that that's been part of it when it's obvious that you're buying something three bottles that's preventing you from consuming a lot of single-use plastic that's a great thing. If you have 30 bottles, I mean you're like actively (laughs) contributing to the problem, right? Because it takes so many more resources to make a really fancy stainless steel bottle than it does to make a single use plastic bottle. So it's just, it's not an eco-friendly thing to be doing.
0: Right. I suppose although you could say like I guess if you bought 30 bottles, got bored of collecting Stanley's and used them for 30 years, you'd probably be okay. You know what I mean? It's like a sort of like um Value over time situation, Maybe. but yes, I see what you mean. I mean, by it's not like a novel point to say like consumption is bad. It's like shopping at the Reformation when they're like these jeans actually saved three liters of water, and you're like, literally, how I'm still buying a pair of jeans.
3: But the other thing is that you are probably going to get bored of your Stanley Cup. But the thing is that there are all these other brands that are waiting in the wings, waiting to become the next Stanley. And so what you're going to do is you're going to get bored of your Stanley and then you're going to go buy an Awala or one of 50 new brands that are on the market.
0: This week, there was some news regarding Stanley and the fact that those bottles may or do contain lead.
3: Yeah. Tell me about that. I mean, it's like social media giveth and social media taketh away, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, a mom on social media who is constantly looking at lead in all her different Products. Her son got lead poisoning as a baby, and it had very serious brain damage from that. And, and it's true, you know, lead in large quantities can cause a lot of serious damage in in children and in adults. So this was, you know, her quest. And so when she looked at Stanley, the home test that she was doing revealed that there was lead in these cups. And so she, you know, started this movement on social media. And eventually Stanley had to respond. Unfortunately, it is true that Stanley uses lead in its manufacturing process. It says that the lead is inside the bottle and the interior of the bottle, and that there's a little pellet that basically sits at the bottom of the bottle. There's very little chance that a consumer would remove this pellet because it's covered in stainless steel um, and therefore have any exposure to the lead. But the mom bloggers are saying, well, but, you know, kids really do whack these things around. Like, kids are very likely to, to do something that could potentially cause that to come out and the, the impact could be very serious. And so it's been enough of a PR crisis that some people are just throwing out their Stanleys. There are lots of moms who are very concerned about this now. So it's possible that Stanley's moment is is over. And what's interesting is that immediately after this happened, all the other brands came out. Like, I got an email from Owala saying, uh, by the way, we, we we've never had yeah. lead in our manufacturing process ever. The war is, like, heating up right now. Have we seen, I mean, it's probably too soon to say,
0: but Any estimates on how this could impact their sales?
3: I'm not sure. I think it's too soon to say. And there are also lots of people who are so committed to Stanley that they're they're sort of like fighting back and saying like, I don't care if there's lead in this. In fact, if you guys watched the uh, SNL over the weekend, there were these three (laughs) women, including Dakota Johnson, who were holding their enormous Stanley cups and talking about all the lead that they're drinking. And it's like not a big deal. (laughs) So who knows what's going to happen? But I think it just shows that the water bottle wars are here to stay. If it's not Stanley, it's going to be something else. And yeah, we're just wedded to our water bottles.
0: Yeah, I mean, you wonder with a brand like Stanley, if it's going to end up in a Peloton situation where, you know, there's overwhelming demand. They make enough supply to compete in that and continually assume like an upward trajectory for their sales when that may not be the case.
3: And then what happens to all the consumers that they had been targeting for a century before, right? The construction workers, the outdoorsmen, you know, are they no longer attracted to Stanley because now all their bottles come in pink and are associated with an SNL skit? (laughs) An SNL skit or like trad
0: wives, but... I will say this. Last night I stopped by my local Target in Brooklyn and in advance of this conversation I walked by the sort of cup section. There was like none of the feminine colors but like I literally saw a man pick up like a mud green Stanley and just put Uh it in his bag. You know like I think interesting all this to say I think if a dude took a black Stanley out of his bag on like some kind of bachelor party no one would be like (laughs) <laughs>
3: yeah, that's, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, maybe they have enough brand equity and loyalty to outlast this. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I mean, growing tenfold in four years is a lot for a company. And so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Because at, at some point, like regardless of the lead scandal, you know, brands, viral moments will eventually in come to an end. Favor, yeah. Right. And so I think I think the other lesson here for companies is like, what do you do when you have a moment of such incredible growth, right? How do you maintain it? How do you keep things going? And I think that's like an unsolved question. I, I don't know how Stanley maintains its dominance after this.
0: 100%. I mean, it's something we try and solve in our newsroom, which was the pandemic was a terrible time personally for all of us, amazing for our traffic, and it's obviously right-sized at this point. Right. And I think, you know, we made the mistake
3: of assuming we were always on an upward trajectory. It would right. be
0: normal for Stanley to assume the same thing.
3: They need to come up with a strategy, right, for thinking about the next chapter of what their their growth is going to look like. And I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. I feel like with the Crocs guy in charge, they're
0: actually in pretty good hands.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I like the idea of these accessories. I like the snack accessory. I wonder if you could have like little like gemstones that you can attach to them or, like, even, like, little charms. You know how, like, kids now have charms all over their Crocs? Like, I want a no, charm they have for my that. bottle. There's,
0: there are, this is not a joke, there are backpacks for the water bottles.
3: Oh, so you buy a backpack that can fit your enormous Stanley water bottle. That's, that's smart. Like, that, because. It's like the bottle wears a backpack
0: and maybe it has, like, your credit card in it Oh, or the something. bottle is
3: so big that it itself wears a backpack. <laughs> okay, Uh, I was not expecting that, but yeah, I see the utility.
0: I think this is a good place to end it. I'll be sending you a good housekeeping article
3: about Stanley Cup accessories shortly. I don't actually own a Stanley Cup, so I might need to get one so that I can get the accessories. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much, Liz. Thanks. Bye.
0: We are back with Jeff and it's time to wrap up the show with Keeping Tabs. This is where each of us shares a story, trend, or company we are following right now. And Jeff, since you're our guest, what are you keeping tabs on?
2: Thank you. Yes, I am keeping tabs on the Pop-Tarts movie. Have you heard of this? Have you seen of this? It's like, oh yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. involved. Yes, Jerry Seinfeld. He's been talking about Pop-Tarts for years on late night show appearances and I, I think also in his stand-up, but so he has written and directed a movie called Unfrosted, the Pop Tart Story.
1: I don't like that title. And uh, hold on. It <laughs> no. takes,
2: Josh, just hold on. It takes place <laughs> in 1963 and it chronicles the race between uh, Kellogg's and Post uh, to come up with a, a breakfast pastry. If that doesn't grab you, so far the cast is Seinfeld, Melissa McCarthy, Jim Gaffigan of Super Trooper fame, Hugh Grant. <laughs> Christian Slater, Bill Burr, Daniel Levy, Sarah Cooper, Fred Armisen, and others. Look, I just think that I love Pop Tarts, but I also know this a movie about this sounds absolutely idiotic and absurd. But is it just idiotic and absurd enough to be amazing?
0: Listen, we I, thought B movie was going to be bad, but that was actually not not a bad animated movie. Well, it's we're not living a in a time—not a
2: great one, but it wasn't bad. I, I would say we're in the—we're probably starting the golden age of corporate biopics. I mean, we've got in the recently the last, uh, I don't know, say, handful of years, uh, you got Air. Speaking of Ben Affleck, you got Air about Nike. You got Flaming Hot about Cheetos. You got Ferrari about Ferrari, Tetris, BlackBerry, uh, House of Gucci. There's a Beanie Babies show the or something. New
1: one, Uber. Yes. Theranos.
2: The blood one, Theranos. And you know what, guys? I'm going to tie this into our previous conversation. Pringles' Super Bowl ad starring Chris Pratt actually makes a joke that, I mean, I assume fictional, but about a new biopic uh, around how the the chips happened, called <laughs> Mr. Pringle, starring Chris Pratt. So damn, that would be cool if it I hate, wasn't uh, starring
1: Chris Pratt. I hate this trend. I don't like this trend of of big companies making movies about their brand. I actually
0: really enjoyed Air and Tetris.
1: I did see Tetris. I didn't see Tetris. Air was Tetris fine. Good.
2: The best thing about Air, frankly, about uh, speaking of Ben Affleck's uh, advertising persona, was him as Phil Knight. That was one of the best uh, uh, sort of parts of that movie. Yeah,
0: it's tough to bring up. Well, actually, Ben Affleck's fine, but it's tough to bring up Matt Damon in a Super Bowl conversation because we all remember him from the crypto ads.
2: Yeah. The Super
0: Bowl crypto ads. R.I.P., guys. <laughs> yeah. No
1: more crypto ads. No
0: I more. I hope you got sued so bad. What was the tagline <laughs> of that one? Be brave?
2: Was it be
1: brave? Yeah, it was it's something- like,
0: be brave, lose your money.
1: <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Come on, Josh, do it. you will, welcome.
0: Josh, Josh, what are you keeping tabs on?
1: Oh, I'm keeping tabs on my main man Joe Rogan over here. Uh, okay, so just everyone, don't You're number
0: two main man,
1: <laughs> my number two main man behind Jeff, of course. No, uh, behind George
2: <laughs> Santos.
1: Besides George Santos, yeah, that's my number one. No, that's the. A- Santos, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my number one. No, uh, I hate Joe Rogan. I just want to put that out there We're not a Sonata thing. I think he's an incredibly mid-comedian who's developed a career for the path of least resistance and has been rewarded by a, a nine-figure contract with Spotify a number of years ago and just re-upped that contract with Spotify. And I, I don't want to get too into the whole, like, implications and what it means for Spotify and, and or, or in terms of just the kind of cultural conversation, of it. I don't get why his podcast is the most listened to in the world. I never will, never will understand that, but it is what it is. What I am more interested in is the fact that this deal, unlike the first one, is not exclusive to spotify meaning that joe rogan's podcast will be available on every podcast platform apple Podcasts, wherever else you get your shows wherever else you can subscribe to most innovative companies uh they did a similar type of deal when they read re-upped um and i'm gonna forget the host name but the call her daddy podcast alex got re-upped alex cooper yes that's correct um she re-upped her deal no longer are those podcasts going to be exclusively available on Spotify, which is really an interesting trend uh, in sort of reverse. I think part of the thing behind podcasts that made them so attractive, that it was sort of a democratized form of media where it wasn't beholden unlike TV where if a show's on HBO or a show's on Netflix or a show's on Pick Which Channel and it's not like you can just turn on any channel and any channel can have any show that they want. It's kind of like that in podcasting. You don't have to have exclusive rights and you can choose wherever you want to watch something, in this case listen to something, wherever you want to do it. If you like an app and a UI better and it really makes more competition between these apps to make a better user experience and i think it's really good for the media overall well spotify didn't like that and they really pushed hard to make an exclusive platform by buying up content like this buying up content studios but in the past year, obviously, we've talked about their layoffs over the past few years, and this is a big shift for them.
2: That's well, like, where's the value, right? Like, where are they getting? Obviously, they had that previous deal with him that was exclusive. Uh, they have a very sliding scale of exclusivity with like uh, pods like um, Armchair Expert. Last
1: podcast on the left was there, Armchair Expert was in there, Smartlist, which is now going to be available everywhere yeah, as well. Yeah, like,
2: where are they getting their value? Like, I know Armchair Expert has certain episodes are just on spotify but like the main ones the main big interviews are are everywhere like what is they must have figured something out in a way that because they don't i mean did they no one hands out 250 million bucks for and then sure
1: i i think they're one i think they're making a bet in the long-term growth of the podcast market overall i think that well the short-term answer is subscribers driving subscribers to spotify premium you get early access to these podcasts or exclusive access to early yeah yeah to listen to Armchair Expert. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That is so dark. But that's what I think they're discovering is not really driving as much because I think ultimately, obviously, by making these shows less exclusive or using like a freemium model, maybe you drive some of theirs. But really... The, the money in podcasting is still with digital advertising and it really hasn't come to the fruition in terms of the digital advertising market that it will eventually. Listenership is growing. They're trying to get a piece of that market and lock down what is like one of the highest growth markets in digital advertising right now. But the market cap's still only about $2 billion a year in podcasting that's not a ton it's going up a lot and a lot and a lot and it'll continue to do that so i guess they were buying in on that but then you have a brand like joe rogan who most regular advertisers don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole i don't know how this is paying for itself with joe rogan considering that market cap obviously he sells his growth supplement sort of things I don't know how much he does with live shows and what their piece of that is or merchandising and what their piece of that is. Clearly, they've made a bet and they think it's paying off for them. But honestly, all the indicators that I've seen from Spotify in the past year doesn't seem like it is.
0: We have said this several times on the podcast, so it may sound a little desperate at this point. But if you did want to acquire us for several millions of dollars, Spotify, we are open to conversations.
1: That being said, we will be exclusive to yeah, Spotify we'll for we'll $250, 250 right million, dollars. million.
0: For less, I would take, if you gave me a million dollars, I'd be exclusive to you. <laughs> I'd be worth a million
1: dollars.
2: <laughs> 10 grand. Give me 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. Give me 10 grand.
1: 500, Honestly, $4,500. A free subscription.
0: <laughs> Throw in a free subscription, you got a deal.
1: $4,500 <laughs> $4, and some nerds, and then we're good to go. Anyways, on that callback, Yaz, what's your keeping tabs?
0: So I watched part of the Grammys last night, and I got to say, usually I don't really care about the Grammys they make no sense to me. Miley Cyrus's veneers are like really upsetting. Veneers but in
1: general are
0: just. As we've talked I don't know about what this ha- on the podcast. We've talked about
2: this on the but podcast. She, has, she yeah.
0: has horse mouth going on. Those veneers are humongous. Yeah.
2: What about her? Her whole Tina Turner vibe though. Last night.
0: That was cool. Yeah, I was into was, the. Those, I was into the. Fit. I like yeah. the Bob Mackie gowns. I really enjoyed the but hair. I will say the,
2: the Thunderdome hair.
0: The Thunderdome hair was cool.
1: Honestly, but no one will ever do it better than Bob Mackie. No you know one my wedding, my Bob wedding dress,
0: Bob Mackie.
1: Was it really? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Wow! I got it
0: for three hundred dollars at an estate sale.
1: That's so it was, awesome. that it, it was a dead person. Okay, stream. It's a dead person. Okay, we didn't need to go there.
2: Anyway, it it's cooler.
1: Back to the Grammys. <laughs> <back to the laughs>
0: Super normal. Um, no, it was just nice to see Tracy Chapman on stage. Oh, I, that was awesome. It's like I just forgot how amazing that song is and how talented she is, and it was just a really cool surprise. Now it was weird to see Stevie Wonder sing "The Best Is Yet to Come" during an in memoriam segment. That was confusing. Um, oh no <laughs> and it's crazy how Taylor Swift and I say this as somebody who la- actually likes Taylor uh, manages to make even the most haute couture gown to look like a prom dress on any red carpet but excited for a new album
1: Swifties don't come for me yeah um, this is kind of I'm I'm scared for us now. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not going to let my
2: nine-year-old daughter listen to this. She's going to get mad at you.
0: <laughs> is she excited for the Super Bowl now? <laughs> my
2: daughter? Oh yeah, yeah. She's interested. She was watching the playoff game with me to see if she. Well, I mean, I say watch. I mean, sit next to me and look at the iPad. But like the, she's definitely interested. It definitely is an element. But she definitely w- watched the recorded Grammys this morning and definitely came and made sure to tell me that there was a new album coming. So I imagine that she will be watching the Super Bowl to catch a glimpse of of uh, cheerleading Taylor in the We got to do suite. a speed
0: round real quick. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Josh. Uh, I'm going Chiefs. God.
2: Well, I mean, look, if we go by uh, the secret meetings in the Pentagon, it's, it's got to be Chiefs, it's, right? It's yeah, which, which I,
0: was, I am
1: going by. <laughs> that's what I was
0: going to end on. We
1: all, we know. We Oh, we know. We know.
2: <laughs> Brought to you by State Farm, everybody. Brought to you by, State, to you Farm. by State Farm. <laughs>
0: right. And that's it for Most Innovative Companies. Jeff, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Our show is produced by Avery Miles, Blake Odom, and Julia Shu. Mix and sound designed by Nicholas Torres. And our executive producer is Josh Christensen. Remember again to subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next week.